Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tech Tea with Kimberly. I am your host, Kimberly Bailey. Friends and family call me Kim. So if you are listening in, you are indeed a friend or family member of the show. Let me just tell you, I am super excited about our guest today. She is one of my favorite people. And when I think about technology from a Memphis perspective or any organization that I'm affiliated with, I think of this individual. It is the Tasia Marshall. She is also a podcaster. She's all things tech. I recently joined her on her Lucy's information station. So we'll make sure you have a way of checking out her podcast. But just one of my favorite people. She is just always happy, bubbly, and just about her business. And that's what I love so much about Tasia. And she's also my sorority sister. And so that is also very important to say that we are both members of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And she is just a phenomenal member of the tech community. And I just wanted her to come and share. And we're going to talk about tech and volunteering. Just how do you get your skills up by being just a simple volunteer in tech? So hey, to see you. Hey, girl. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, I could not have Tech Tea without inviting Tasia on so that we could talk about whatever, even though we could talk about whatever, right? Right. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, me too. So tell tell us this, before we dive into volunteering in tech, I just want to know, how did you get into tech? Because I know you do a lot of things. I know that you have an education um, background. I know that you you know, sing. I know that you do a lot of things, but just tell me kind of like, how did you end up in this world of technology? Well, so let's see. I've always wanted to be in tech, uh, should have been in tech. When you think about where people start in their journey, their career journey, we often go back to to uh, school and kind of how they were brought up, what they learned. And my journey was not like that. Um, every time I tell this story, it, it something new comes out of it, but it it is the same. I um I liked this kind of stuff in high school. I liked computers. I liked the closest I got to it was like a typing class. Um, math was my favorite subject. So apparently I was always a STEM girl. And I just, I just, and no shade to school counselors, but this my senior year, my junior and senior year, I just say my counselor didn't really know what to do with me. So I didn't do a lot of tech in high school, but um, apparently I'd voiced some type of engineering love, some type of computer love to somebody. And so I ended up in um, a an engineering program for minorities over the summer of 96 mm-hmm. uh, at Christian Brothers and tried my hand at electrical engineering for like a couple of semesters and it didn't go too well because I did not have that background. I didn't get to do a lot of that um, in high school. So I ended up um, doing a bachelor's in something totally different. There's a master's programs in something totally different. But what remained the same was that I was always the tech person wherever mm-hmm. I went, whether it was the sorority, whether it was church, um, no matter where I was, I still ended up being that person. So I kind of, it's kind of a lot of self-taught stuff that I easily understood. And then uh, I began to volunteer for mm-hmm. just different organizations. I mean, 
you know, being the tech person in Delta, that's volunteer, right? And then our church, a lot of times it's volunteer work. But that's how I came to um, to know what I wanted to do in technology or at least just get my hands wet in it or my feet wet in mm-hmm. technology. So, I mean, after that, it was just taking a stab at industry certifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of people in my life, my biological brother, and then I have a friend who I call a brother who are who were both in IT and I'll call them my human cheat sheets. And so every time I was trying to learn something just self-taught, I would ask them, am I doing it the correct way? One would be, you know, with a Mac operating system and the other one would be PC and or Windows. And um, and then they both told me, go ahead and do some industry search. You know, you have degrees, but just start this way. You may mm-hmm. as well. And volunteering with a few organizations, doing my industry certifications, I just, I ended up adding all of that volunteer work to my resume. Um, and that was actually at the directive, I'll say, of the person who actually hired me in my first, quote unquote, I guess, um, my first run out the gate in an IT department. Okay. Which is where which is where I am now. So okay. that's kind of I think that's it. <laughs> okay. That's so how I got here. I think you are kind of like a spokesperson for someone with an untraditional path into technology. Yes. Um, the desire was there, and your path to it wasn't just this cookie cutter path that a lot of us, you know, do to get into tech. And that's what I love about your journey. And I think there are so many people out there who have that same desire, but they feel like they have to go in a certain path. But right. you are just a testament to it doesn't have to be what everybody else does right. in order to get into it and to be very impactful. So when talking about volunteering, you know, people look at that in many different ways. People look at it as what they can give to it or what they also maybe be able to get out of it for, mm-hmm. as far as their career is concerned. So just kind of tell us, we want to break down the volunteerism of Tasia. Okay? okay. How about that? Oof, so okay. let's start with Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Of course, we would start there. Why yeah. wouldn't we start with that amazing organization that we absolutely love? Tell us how your tech skills have added to this organization and what you have gotten out of it as well. Oh, we so um, I was initiated into Delta at Lamona in college. So shout out to the Alpha Upsilon chapter and working in Delta there. I only was able to work the chapter for a couple of years um, and I was the corresponding secretary then still administrative not quite um, tech, social media was just coming around the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we graduated and went to uh, Memphis Alumni, I ended up uh, just on the tech team, not really doing a whole lot there, but just kind of if they needed me uh, Mm -hmm. to just help with anything technology related. But when um, another alumni chapter was initiated so shout out to Memphis alumni and shout out to our current chapter Shelby County Tennessee alumni um when I made my transition to SCTAC as we call it then uh there was someone already watching 
And I didn't know this. And she was our, I guess, uh, third and fourth president. So shout out to Delta Nicole Jones. But apparently Nicole had just been watching even what I thought was small work or, you know, mm-hmm. a person was not paying attention. So right when she was elected the first time, she pulled me to the side and she said, I want you to step up. Um, mm-hmm. When I came over to SCTAC, Delta Marvin Maples was the technology chair. And if you know anything about Marvin, she has a very extensive background in technology, over 30, 35 years in corporate tech, mm-hmm. Delta tech, all that good stuff. And so just to even come in as a co-chair mm-hmm. uh, to someone already established in Delta and established in technology was a was a huge thing for me. But Nicole pulled me to the side and she said, I believe you can do this. Um, I see some leadership qualities in you already. So she pushed me out there as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, I, I learned from Marva and I learned from Delta, you know, in Delta, you know, you have to be ready to pivot. That is our word. <laughs> you have to be ready to pivot. You have to be ready to go, you know, and even though if you're a, uh, you may be a coach here or an assistant something, it doesn't matter if, if that chair is not available, if that person is not available, that first or that second VP has to step in, you know, mm-hmm. the assistant has to step in. And so that is how we operate. That's that's mm-hmm. how Mob operated. And so I was able to learn about the systems that we used for, you know, all of our different systems when we were um, signing in. It was electronic at the time and um, our social media was being uh, built at the time, mm-hmm. our website, all of those things. So I just trained under her. Um, and because our organization is so uh, prominent and so large, and we have such a uh, uh, such an impactful, <laughs> I'm using all the words, such an impactful presence in our city. Yes, in the, um, in the world. Yes, in the world. <laughs> then, you know, it was almost as if those leadership qualities in me didn't have a choice but to come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be ready and be on go. And so with technology never going away, and being ever-changing and Delta remaining relevant, that is my word for Delta on my podcast, you know, it was you either have to step up or get left behind. Yes. And so in Delta, especially in Delta's tech, um, I am proud to say we have made a name for ourselves, the SCTAC yes. team. Um, after Marva moved up in leadership, so she's one of our past presidents, uh, then that was when, um, well, she wasn't the president at the time, but when she began to move around into leadership, I ended up having to take the role as the chair. And that was when Nicole let me know that she'd been um, following me from the uh, ministry standpoint of Memphis. And I didn't know that, but she'd watched me in my church um, Mm -hmm. and she knew about Lucy's information station. I didn't know that either because at the time it was just a blog. And she brought that to me when she asked me to lead. And she said, Lucy, she called me Lucy. And she was like, Lucy's information station. And I want you to bring all of this here. Mm-hmm. And that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did I did Delta technology at the chapter level for 10 years. This is the first year I have not chaired tech, but of course I'm still there. Yes. Um, so I just, I not just the technology piece, because we have to remain relevant. We can't be left behind. No one knew the pandemic was coming, uh, something like that was coming. And Delta business, the government, uh, the the 
the healthcare, all of those things that we cannot live without have to keep going. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same with us. And so um, I have just learned, you just have to be ready. Uh, and even if you, even if you're afraid, if I'm learning that more than anything this year, (laughs) even if you're afraid, you know, you have to do it afraid, just go for what you know. So Delta was a big piece on my resume as to how I got my current, uh, day job, I guess my paying Mm -hmm. job. It was a very big piece of my resume. My, my, uh, former boss knew about it already. And before he hired me, he told me to switch this up and and redo your resume and make sure you put this. This is experience. This is work. This is leadership. You've done, you know, tech here. So um, Delta is a very big part of, of how I got to this point. Exactly. Okay. So both of us share the love and membership for Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Now let's move to your church volunteerism because okay. I too at one point served on a media ministry at church and you know understand all of that so how has just serving in technology at your church helped you in your career so on the church side people tend to not want to mix uh the spiritual side of church Mm -hmm. and the business side or the um i don't know for lack of a better word but just just those two i think most people will know what i mean when i say that but we have to look at it as technology being a way of also getting the word out, getting the information out, getting the sermon out, you know, whatever your church consists of. But we have to look at it as a way of still being the hands and the feet of Christ, of ministry, you know, mm-hmm. ministry still has to go on. And the the content doesn't change. The word itself doesn't change, but the method may have to change and the way we get it done may have to change. Mm -hmm. So I have learned, I am an elder in my church. And so I have learned that everyone who is called to the vocation of ministry, so to speak, still may not uh, be called to the pulpit. They may not be the preacher. Mm -hmm. Um, There is, uh, for lack of just going over all of those things, I am a marketplace preacher or a marketplace elder and so if anybody is familiar with that term that is out in the world out yeah. in the streets doing the work outside of the four walls and that is where my um anointing lies where my gifting lies it is taking all of those things that mm-hmm. I'm gifted at um taking my belief and then serving outside of the four walls mm-hmm. and um I've been in ministry at my church for a long time. So let me give a shout out to my pastor, senior pastor of Golden Gate Cathedral, Bishop Edward H. Stevens Jr. Uh, For just allowing allowing ministry to transform uh, over the years. Mm -hmm. And I have just learned that even in ministry, even when you don't, because church and church and uh, state, that's not what I want to say, but just being able to do ministry outside of the four walls can Mm -hmm. get sticky but I have learned that when I am authentically myself that's something else that I have learned this year (laughs) um that you know I can only be me I have learned that especially in the pandemic and that will come up a lot because a lot of us were forced into just straight a, a straight virtual virtual world um 
during the pandemic. And so some of the changes that we have always wanted to see as mm-hmm. it related to technology, we got a chance to see all of those things work out. So people can join church, you know, via text. They can, of course, log in online, stream on the website. They can stream on Facebook. They can stream on YouTube. Like there's, there's, there's almost no way to miss it. And so now that you have a greater reach, um, what does your service look like now? What does that look like? People, I serve, um, so I'm in the music ministry, but as soon as I get done with that, I sit and I'm on my computer and there are a few of us who are managing all of the social media. And I manage, uh, lead the social media uh, at my church, which falls under media. But I'm also online with the streaming platform because we have members who are not, Um, in Tennessee are not in Memphis. And so they're requesting prayer and they're requesting all kinds of stuff. And I'm having to manage uh, that side. So Mm. um, I've just, I mean, I've just learned that I, I, now this, I hope this makes sense. I have learned that I am relevant as a non-traditional preacher. Okay. Uh, If that makes sense. I had not, now marketplace, a marketplace minister is not foreign to me now. But uh, maybe 10 years ago, it was a foreign term to me then. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't necessarily that my church was behind, but I had not caught up with what I was exactly supposed to do. I knew I was called to ministry, but that can be very scary <laughs> for mm-hmm. somebody who is, you know, is who loves life like I do. And I wanted to, <laughs> you know, I wanted to do what I had been called to do. <laughs> I wanted to do what I had been called to do, but I was like, ooh, we, Lord, you, are you sure? Like, <laughs> you know, are you sure? He like, no, you, are you sure? So, and um, just another minister at a totally different church and we were casually talking and he, I'll never forget it. He says something, something, something. Oh yeah, definitely marketplace. And I remember 10 years ago, I was like, oh, what is that? And um, I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's me. This is why I get, you know, I get, I mean, I love my church. I love being in my sanctuary, in a church service, but I also love serving my kids here. I was an educator at the time. And I also love, you know, doing the work outside of the four walls, mm-hmm. everywhere else in Delta, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere else. So, you know, my church has taught me that that ministry is not just in-house. It is mm-hmm. external as well. Yeah. And the technology allows us to take it, to take it everywhere. Right. And so social media manager, mm-hmm. I think you also do that not only for your church, but you do it for others as well. Yeah. And um, how d- does your serving in the social media part of um, technology help you in your, you know, tech journey? Oh, so, oh, that's. So I, I think I managed over or help manage, let me say that, because some of them I'm just laying in the background, just, you know, uh, I call myself the city secretary. You'd be surprised how many of these uh, businesses, social media pages, I'm listed as an administrator um, because I'm helping them um, manage their social media. Um, and again, it's about it's about the reach. It's about what people see. And I like being the person who call me if you need me. And then I can do the social media, but I have now gotten to the point to where I'm doing more of coaching. 
um, okay. Yeah, in social media where um even in Delta, you know, one of one of our uh sorors was telling me, she was like, Yeah, I think I want I think you should run for an office now. You've done this for 10 years, hands-on, like the clinician. You know the trends, you know the difference in your TikTok and your Instagram and Facebook and mm-hmm. uh Twitter. Well, it's X now. But yeah. you know, you know all of the, the differences in your platforms and how all of these things work. And it's time for you now to move around and move up. And so I'm still on the tech team, but now there's, you know, there's a new young lady in place. And so now it's more of a coaching thing. So same thing at church. I still lead the social media ministry, but I am transitioning into um, a couple of the younger. They're younger than I am. I'm still young. But they're younger than I am. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so they see, you know, they're they're like a generation, not a generation, but you know, a couple of decades behind me. And they see things differently now. Mm-hmm. You know, what worked for me uh, in church may not work for them in terms right. of making sure they understand, you know, what the preacher is talking about and then making sure that it gets out in a way that's relatable. And mm-hmm. so their questions to me may be around um, etiquette. You know, it may mm-hmm. be around like church etiquette or, um, you know, be that third set of eyes for us. Um, when it comes to posting something, but I allow them the autonomy, kind of uh, allow them their own creativity as social media advances. And so then if I see something in terms of, um, what's the word, uh, just just church etiquette. Uh, we we posted something last week and one of the young ladies asked me, she was like, well, should I do this, this, and this? I said, well, the title, his title is technically this. And this is what maybe the caption should say. And this is you know, do the hashtags like this. It's more of instruction versus mm-hmm. doing it myself. So um, social media is that. It's just that it's social. I'm a very social person. So I like being out there looking at all the things, but it has allowed me um, to be, and st- it, it allows me to be an administrator of the source mm-hmm. uh, and to help other people's businesses and my own, I guess. Gotcha. Because it comes naturally to me, um, just kind of get the word out. I have a I have a pretty good following, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. there's credibility there. <laughs> there's lots of credibility there, so people trust me, which is a good thing. Thank you very much, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I am. Um, I do know that that is that is my thing to okay. be, you know, an extroverted person out there in the social media space. Perfect. Now let's talk about Black Girls Code. Oh, yes. I was waiting on it. <laughs> Tell us your role and and you know just what what is Black Girls Code? I know, but you know everybody <laughs> listening may not know. Well, so um, Black Girls Code. Uh, so Black Girls Code is a technology organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, teaching girls to code, literally computer programming, and it serves girls ages seven to 17. And so the focus is on black girls or women of color, girls of color. Anyone, any um, girl can come to a workshop, Mm -hmm. Um, but the name brings awareness to the number one underrepresented organization or group Mm -hmm. in technology, which is the black woman. And so Black Girls Code was founded by Native Memphian Kimberly Bryant, mm-hmm. um, who did a degree in electrical engineering. She uh product of Memphis City Schools, 
went to Vanderbilt, did a degree in engineering and uh, served in a couple of corporate capacities. And then she moved to the Bay, San Francisco, California, Silicon Valley, as most of us know it, the tech capital of the world. And she founded Black Girls Code in 2011. And Black Girls Code has 15 chapters internationally. There are 14 stateside and then one internationally in Johannesburg, South Africa. So Memphis um, is not a is not the larger of the chapters. They, you know, there's the Bay, of course, LA, New York, all of your hotspots, Chicago, Detroit, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, Miami, DC, everywhere. Um, and so Memphis almost didn't get a chapter. Memphis was not on the radar when Black Girls Code first came up. Mm. But the original uh chapter group. So I have to give another shout out here to Code Crew in Memphis. Code Crew is another um technology organization in Memphis. They're their own school. But the founders of Code Crew, three of the maybe four or five originally uh made up the um Memphis chapter of Black Girls Code. Mm -hmm. So Mika Igwewe, Audrey, uh Willis, um I think Peggy Grady, and I'm trying to think of who else, but they were all members of the original group of Black Girls Code. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to convince Kimberly to get Memphis a chapter. They got it started. Um, Nicole Harris, who now works with me at my day job, she, um, I don't remember where I met Nicole, <laughs> but I think, I think I found Black Girls Code on social media. Okay. I think it was on Facebook um, and I knew I wanted to work with teenage girls and I saw a social media post, a social media post about a technology organization that worked with teenage girls and I wanted to volunteer in tech mm -hmm. and it was perfect. Um, they were at the University of Memphis in the engineering building and I was in heaven that day. I was a volunteer and I was just like, what did I walk into? So many girls on computers, just the whole hustle and bustle of a of a, a workshop, the registration, the parents, the pictures, the balloons, feeding them in the mornings, just it was so good. And it was all day. <laughs> and um the, the second time I volunteered, um I don't know if I just expressed so much joy <laughs> or what, <laughs> but Nicole asked me, she said, you know, because if you know me, you know, I'm very big in the community and I'm always trying to connect and, you know, mm -hmm. do we want to go over here and should we call such and such? And oh, I would love to do it here. Just all these things. And I was just a volunteer at the time. And so Nicole turned to me and she said, do you want me to talk to Mika about you becoming a core team member? And I was like, no, no, I don't. I don't think I want to do that. And she was like, yeah, you talk like you want to be on the team, like the core team. And we <laughs> had an opening for community outreach. Uh, it was the community outreach lead. And I said, that's perfect, right in my alley. And so in, I think it was April of 2013 or 13, because we're at year 10, um, they allowed me to come in and they took me to dinner. It wasn't a whole application piece. It was a, this is to see she works at, at that time, I was an educator still with Shelby County Schools, and she is really big in the community. She's a Delta. She does all these things. You know, she can be a good volunteer. Mm -hmm. And um, and they welcomed me in. And then about two months later, 
Nicole got a job in Biloxi, Mississippi, anchoring the news. Mm -hmm. So I felt like she left me. <laughs> she was like, uh, well, no, I take that back. That That isn't what happened first. Mika left. Mika went ahead and started Cold Crew. His structure was different. You know, it is, it is straight Memphis computer science hub. Um, and so he left and he still shows up, by the way, from time to time. He will come running if I need him to. So they we still support each other. But Mika left, found a Cold Crew that left me and Nicole. And uh, Karen, her name is Karen Farrell Shikuko. Karen was our in, uh, curriculum instructor. And then not long after Mika left, like maybe a few months later, Nicole got the job. And so I was like, well, it's just me and Karen. A, a, a core team for any city consists of five members. Okay. And Mika and Nicole were our, our main tech lead, non-tech lead. You had a community person. You had a curriculum development person. And then I can't think of the, I think the last person was volunteer, the volunteer coordinator. But it just left me and Karen. And Karen is not as talkative as I am. She is absolutely not an extrovert. Not that that is a, you don't have to be. Right. But if you can already tell several minutes into this podcast, that is just who I am. Yeah. She was not that person at all. At all. She just looked at me and said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to stay in the background. I will teach you like and go home. I said, she sounds like me. Yes, absolutely. She's just like you. She was just like that. I remember one of you. One of your first panels, you were like, okay, I'm done peopling for today. I'm going home. And she was just like that. But she told me immediately because I was just sitting there like, I just joined this organization. I don't know what to do. And I knew it was a big deal. And so Nicole said, I said, who's going who's gonna to run Black Girls Code? She said, you. Karen's not going to do it. Karen is, you know, Karen is, she's going to teach the class and go home. And I said, I cannot do this. She said, you're going to have to, you know, unless you just, unless Black Girls Code is just not going to have a chapter. And I would say the rest is history if I knew that everybody listening knows, you know, knew me from Black Girls Code. But after that, I just, all those, um, I guess, lessons where I had to step up in leadership um, and lead when, you know, Delta Marvel moved up in leadership for Delta and all those things where I had to step up. I had to step up with Black Girls Code. It ended up being, and I still am, the chapter lead for the Memphis chapter for now 10 years. And um, Black Girls Code has taken me some places and I have been introduced to some people that, you know, I don't know if I would have ever had the opportunity to meet had it not been for Black Girls Code. Um, BGC has a relationship, you know, has major relationships with all of your mainstream orgs. Um, and... I have been afforded the opportunity to um, represent for Black Girls Code here in Memphis, all over the place, um, but with Shelby County Schools in conjunction with the mayor's office, the youth uh, services program uh, with Microsoft and Google and Facebook and um, Nike, uh, most recently IBM. We have a young lady. I always have to give her a shout out because she's just, she's my, she's the classic story of what could happen you talked about this on um on our last on my last episode with your daughter but she's that classic story of just expose them you never know what could happen mm -hmm. and uh kennedy wilson is a senior at memphis east high school and most recently kennedy um just knocked out her second hackathon with um black girls code and night mm -mm, with black girls code and ibm 
and she came to BGC. Her mom brought her to um, a BGC event when she was in the fourth grade. She was nine. I think that's right. Nine, fourth grade. <laughs> but she came and her mom, I wish I could find that picture. I'm going to try my best, but she took a picture of her daughter sitting on the couch when she was such a little girl and she had just not put that computer down after their workshop. And now she's about to graduate. Um, I believe she's going to attend an HBCU and major in computer science. Mm -hmm. um, so Black Girls Code pushed me out there on the national stage mm -hmm. where I've had to you know, sit on big panels. And um, I, I then what I started to do at the beginning, because I wanted to get my love for programming out and, and learn how to do it. Right. Taking a couple of classes. I went back and did a couple of classes at, at Christian Brothers. And so I code a little bit, but Black Girls Code allowed me to facilitate, to float and manage and coach and lead while instructors teach and, you know, while, you know, delegate. Mm -hmm. and, and allows my love for administration, girls, um, technology, um, um, my love for equity. Okay. To come to the forefront. I am a strong believer in um fairness and equity in um fighting for the underdog. I don't know if I should say it like that, but that just seems to be that just seems to resonate every time I talk about this. Um and every time I talk about um my journey. Right. And so uh Black Girls Code has been just been all of those things for me. Gotcha. Yeah. That's What's great. <laughs> and it's can still we, going. Can we miss any organization? We covered Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. We covered church. We covered social media. We covered Black Girls Code. Have we missed any volunteering? Well, well, I want to bring up NSBE, National Society of Black Engineers. Please. I am, huh? I said, please bring it up. Yes. yes. I'm a member of NSBE. Um, it was one of those organizations. My high school did not have a chapter. They didn't have an SB junior. I learned about it when I got to college and still never joined. Mm -hmm. But when I learned that um, Nesby was made up of just black technologists, not necessarily by definition, I guess, or by degree, um, an engineer. Mm -hmm. um, then I joined from just because I was under the STEM umbrella. But I'm a member of Nesby and I began volunteering officially, I guess, with Nesby, um, maybe about six or seven years ago. So not too long ago, which surprises me, but they, the chapter here in Memphis, the professional chapter here in Memphis includes all of the um, tech organizations and some of the things that they do. And mm -hmm. so um, they hold, they started to hold what's called STEMology every year. They normally do it every February and it's for um, elementary and middle school students. It might be for high school too, I think. Um, but they invite all of the different technology organizations in Memphis to, um, they do rotations and they have uh, many workshops uh, mm -hmm. for whatever that organization wants to present. And so that's how I started, I guess, volunteering with them because I would go um, on behalf of Black Girls Code, whoever yeah. could show me and maybe another instructor and we would teach a quick 50 or 60 minute class. And then I became a member of Nesby and actually started volunteering with Nesby. So Nesby, and then I would like to, I will say this organization because I do volunteer for them, but they are responsible for my industry certifications and that's Tech 901. Gotcha. So <laughs> when I 
um when those two human cheat sheets as i call them my two brothers so uh my brother prince amir jeffries is my biological brother and then tyron wells is my brother from another mother he's my singing buddy and tech buddy and everything else and they both told me go back do industry certs you know you've got enough degrees just go this way Mm-hmm. And um, I was about to go back to Southwest just as a continuing ed student to take whatever they called their intro to something. I don't think it was intro to com- uh, comp sci, but it was it was the class that got you prepped for CompTIA's A plus certification, mm-hmm. just that entry level uh, IT cert. Right, and that was the cheapest place I could find. Of course, um, I was going to pay out of pocket. That was that was the summer of 2016 Mm -hmm. and I went on social media yes we can find so much stuff (laughs) on social media on Facebook Mm -hmm. and there was an advertisement for this new company or this new organization Tech 901 Mm -hmm. and Tech 901 the the um the advertisement talked about industry certifications Mm -hmm. and so I sat up and I looked at the um the flyer and so when I went to their website, they were offering pretty much the same class to, to prep you for the A-plus certification. Gotcha. And if you pass the class with a, I want to say an 80 or above, they will they would pay for your test. They would give you a test voucher to pay for your test. And they would also, um, they would pay for your, yeah, they would pay for your test and your certification. Mm-hmm. And... At the time, there was another computer uh, computer organization in Memphis, computer training organization in Memphis, New Horizons. I don't think they're still here. Um, but New Horizons was charging a, a lot of money mm-hmm. for clients. It was upwards of 2,500 bucks. And they wouldn't, you know, I couldn't get any discount because I was not in the IT department of Shelby County Schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It, that was a lot for me at the time. And so I was going to go to Southwest, try to knock it out that way. Tech 901 popped up in my newsfeed and the book was included with the class. It was an accelerated class over the summer, $50. Wow. $50 for now, of course, they're a little bit more now. Like I think their cheapest class is 180, which was the class I started with, but a hundred still, $180. That's very good. Versus $2,500 for the exact same class. Yes. And they pay for and they pay for your voucher if you just do well in the class. Mm-hmm. So I said, oh, and and the week I saw it was the week Southwest sent me a welcome welcome back or something. Because <laughs> I think I'd taken some core classes there, knocking out one of my degrees. And so, you know, they keep you in the system. This was when it was Shelby State and State Tech when they were separate. Okay. Exactly. So I said, yeah, I'm going to do 50 bucks over 2,500 and over like the 800 or whatever that the Southwest class was going to be. 50 bucks, I knocked out three industry certifications with Tech 901. And because I'm me and I like to talk and tell people all the time, good stuff. You know, I just started telling people, you you should go to Tech 901. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into tech, you should go to Tech 901, 50 bucks. And um, that... I, I took that class, I took two classes over the summer of June and July of 2016. And that fall class, the executive director, or he just retired, Robert. Yeah. Montague, yeah. Shout out to Robert. Robert and um, Steve Denegri. Let me know that, um, and not a boast, but this is just the power of your words, the power of word of mouth and mm-hmm. volunteering and just 
allowing them to uh, use you as as um as a testimonial. That whole fall cohort had almost been filled with people. I just sent their way <laughs> i i was just dumbfounded like i couldn't believe that the class was 50 bucks and i couldn't believe it was for this cert just this entry-level cert that so many people want to get mm -hmm. you know because is a universal you know a universal um accrediting organization for it along with um uh cisco all those different orgs and i just couldn't believe it yeah. And so left and right, people were enrolling and they were gracious enough to, you know, give me, a, they comped me a class. I had just done, I had, I was almost a, you know, a volunteer recruiter. There you <laughs> so <go. laughs> just, they have taken care of me. I have uh, volunteered. I have done um, video commercials for them when they have been applying for grants, mm -hmm. um, just doing testimonials for them. If you go and look, I'm somewhere on the website. Maybe wow. in one place, but every now and then people will say, I think, I think I've seen you on tech. Yes. I'm on tech nine one's website. Like, I feel like I am an honorary worker there. They let me come in, use space when I want to there you go. just all kind of stuff. I pop in on their classes every now and then. So they are a very, 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 very huge part, um, you know, of this Memphis technology community and, and they support black girls code as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and they let me kind of, they let me do what I want, which is a good thing. But there I think, go. I think those are the, um, I think. Yeah. Amazing. Nope. I'm not done. Oh, you got another? What one more. Okay. One more. And this is going to be a shout out to my college, my HBCU, my alma mater, Lamorne on College here in Memphis, Tennessee, yes. the Center for Cybersecurity. Okay. Um, I have volunteered or been in a been on their um alumni advisory board for maybe four years mm -hmm. uh that has been previously headed by uh dr denise Fairby, who has since um uh switched colleges she has gone to another college but i have um enjoyed working with lemoyne in their it department and their center for Cybersecurity. we've sat on many panels together as well dr Fairby. um but through black girls code again we we partnered with um the young ladies being able to tour and utilize all of the um, resources in the Center for Cybersecurity at Lamorne College, exposing them to HBCU life mm -hmm. um, and representing um, on, on that front. And so mm -hmm. I want to give a shout out uh, to, to LOC because I, I volunteer over there as well. So proud of them. I Amazing. Think, I think that's Go ahead. it. Go ahead. What is no, she I think it. I think that's it for real. That is amazing. Just just knowing what volunteering can do for your career. Yeah. So if you had to, you know, just kind of sum it up, what have you just learned for yourself from volunteering in all these various organizations? What have you learned as um, you know, just to see you? Have you learned? <laughs> well, I I have just learned that there is more than one way. Mm -hmm. um, and it does not have to be the traditional way mm -hmm. and it does not have to be planned. It does not have to be what you planned. It okay. can absolutely, uh, happen in a way that you may not see coming, uh, um, a non-traditional way. That's just kind of the theme mm -hmm. of my journey. And you, you have to be open. You may, you know, uh, I won't say fight in a bad sense, but you may struggle a little bit, you know, you may mm -hmm. kind of just tussle with your own, you know, what you believe you can do or even what you believe um, 
what you may wonder is happening. You know, is is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this the opportunity over here or should it be, you know, this way? Should it be traditional? So I I have just learned that <laughs> that the theme for my life or, you know, especially in technology, but also in general has has just been the non-traditional, just the non-traditional way. I have just learned to just be open and you never know what could happen. I know that sounds very cliche-ish, but it is. No, but it's, it's a fact. It is. It is absolutely a fact. I just, I remember those, I remember those conversations so vividly. I remember telling Nicole, how am I, I can't do Black Girls Code. What is that? Like, I don't know how to do that. And now, you know, it's kind of synonymous. I have, I have had people I don't know you're the Black Girls Code lady or you're this or you're that or people have Googled Black Girls Code or STEM in Memphis right? and information has come up. And so that uh, I left out Amazon. We have a relationship with Amazon here in Memphis. The first robotics facility for Amazon in Tennessee is is one of the facilities here um, in Memphis. And um, and that's how that happened. And they gave us money. Like she, she Googled STEM in Memphis. I don't know if somebody gave her Black Girls Code, but my phone number came up. Mm-hmm. And the young lady called me. She's she is over outreach and community for Amazon for West Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. So she doesn't even live here. But this was at the end of the year. She said, I've got to give money to somebody who's doing something in STEM, in Memphis, empowerment and women and girls. I was like, okay. That's me. Let's go. <laughs> so now I've I have been able to 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 give away laptops to my girls when they come. And I still mm-hmm. have something to give away. Like it is just you know, it is a very good place to be in. And knowing that um, I, I have not always been a traditional pick mm-hmm. um, is very encouraging. It, and it, it's encouraging to me because I can be a very realistic um, story and a very realistic testimonial to someone who says, I don't have this, I don't have this, but I want to do this. Exactly. And I say to them, hey, come, you can come volunteer with me. Would you like to volunteer with me? You My- know, you can. Are would are you good at registration? Are you good at uh you know face to face, you know customer service, you know, or are you an educator? Have you worked with youth at your church? Whatever. Would you rather manage the kids in the classroom? Mm-hmm. Do you have tech experience? You know, and once I kind of get them there, and once they kind of learn the flow, a lot of times you will find some of them in the back of the classroom who really yeah. want to get coding. They will get in the classroom and then they will, and you have tech assistants um, who want to learn. And if they have seen it before or they just want to get more familiar or they want to do a deep dive, then they become a tech uh, assistant Mm -hmm. and they're learning hands-on from the instructor. They're learning to code right then. They're not having to pay for a class Um, Mm -hmm. and not to take away from a tech nine one because now they offer, their coding classes, code.org. That's not right. Um, Code. 1.0, 1.0, I think I could be really wrong, but Tech 901 has a has a beginner coding class. Yeah, uh, but that's just a way, you know, to get in. Maybe 180 or 250 may not be doable for someone right now who wants to do a coding class. Um, now I I'm not a disclaimer. I'm not doing free coding classes. <laughs> if you want to volunteer, when we start back up, then you know, volunteer in the area that you really want to volunteer in. But that that's how I started. Like that's how I got that exposure. The one coding class, my freshman, uh, advisor stuck me in without a background in programming at all was C plus plus. And I had never seen computer programming at all in my life. 
and he put that me in plus plus. Yeah, that kind of leads me to I was going to ask you like if someone wanted to volunteer with any of these organizations that you're a part of, like what level of expertise do you really look for? Well, the other organizations I'm I can't say, well, none of them required mm-hmm. expert level. Okay. They just required a willingness to learn and a willingness to volunteer. They were all um, at ground level. And and if you did have some type of experience, you were still able to, it was, you were still able to use your experience in a diverse way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nesby, I remember hearing a young lady when she presented, she, she talked about how not every single person who was a member of Nesby had the name engineer in their title. Okay. Or, um, with Black Girls Code, of course, you you don't have to be an engineer. You don't even have to work in IT. You know, there are some people who don't work in IT, but they code. Um, hmm. They know how, they like it. You know, it might be a pastime for them. <laughs> so, but I got plenty of people who come, um, who have come in the past, who do not work in uh, information systems or they don't work in tech, but they know how to code. Hmm. Um, you know, Tech 901, you don't have no experience. None of them require Mm-hmm. any experience other than the willingness to volunteer gotcha yep. that is so cool so what would you tell anyone who just wants to gain tech skills without a formal program what would you tell them to do I would tell them to um I like the word research but research can be a big and scary word Mm-hmm. I don't know. When I think of research, I think of a PhD program. I don't know why my brain takes me there, but it, it just sounds so big, <laughs> so big and massive. Like uh-huh. just, you know, look up some stuff. Take this list that I've given mm-hmm. Black Girls Code, Tech 901, Code Crew, Nesby. Um, listen, even there are, and Shelby County Schools might do it, I'm not sure. You have to be careful with school systems uh, because of just uh, risk management and just, you know, that type of thing. Um, but, but when I was researching, when I was trying to get experience, because I had been trying to uh, transition from um, a classroom teacher to, and then I was a school administrator to actually working in an IT department, not knowing I didn't necessarily have to do that to, to get uh, the job that I wanted. But uh, just in my research of how to get more experience, um, an article I read talked about over the summer mm-hmm. um, asking the IT department of school systems to allow you to assist them with um, just the summer work that they do in terms of upgrading uh, the systems and uh-huh. uh, cleaning up you know, all the tech and stuff and all those updates that need to be running, all those operating systems that need to be updated and just all of those things mm-hmm. for all of those schools, letting that be some experience uh, on the job experience that you get a whole summer of that, which is a lot of it. But I would tell them just all these different organizations that I've mentioned, mm-hmm. um, cross train with your current job, if you can, even if it's just you know, for a day or so here and there. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of us are very tech savvy because of the world we live in just now. And we know a lot and we just don't think we know a lot. And you just need someone to just kind of let you know, this is what you're doing. This is what that means. But volunteering is absolutely the way to go. You'll always feel, you know, 
better, I think. You'll feel good about yourself for volunteering and, and giving up your uh, time, but it's a very good way to just, you know, once every few months or once every couple of months or however you want to look at it, just getting that um, experience under your belt. It counts. And I wasn't even, as much as I had done uh, before I got to where I work, which is, I keep saying that without the name, y'all. So I work for ALSAC, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. But the young man who hired me, he had not hired me at the time, but when I presented my resume and I thought it was good, mm -hmm. I thought it was good. <laughs> he told me, he said, all of your tech stuff is at the bottom. And I said, well, I've never worked in an IT department before. He said, I don't care. And he said, all of this needs to be at the top. He said, all of this is your tech experience. He said, it doesn't matter if you got paid for it or not. It's still experience. And he told me, he said, flip it. Put all of this at the top with what you do. Because even where I was, which was uh, a high school here in Memphis, um, it wasn't my formal title, but I was still the technology coordinator. I was still responsible for everything technology related in that building. Um, so I was a member of ISTE, International Society for Technology and Engineering, and I still had to take care of it. And so when he told me to flip it, um, I still was not the only candidate, but I mean, it went before directors and senior directors and VPs and CIOs, and it had to go before the uh, CEO mm -hmm. of Alsax St. Jude, and I got the job. And I had not ever worked in an IT department. Wow. You the, volunteered the, your way. The volunteer. Okay. He made me put that at the top. That was a mm -hmm. good place to end. I didn't even think about that. He made me put the volunteer information at the top. Mm -hmm. And that is what got me that job. That's amazing. I really love your journey. And I think that is very important for people to understand um, how you can navigate the non-traditional way. Yes. Um, Tell us a little bit about Lucy's information station. So Lu Lucy's information station is my blog. It's, I guess, my brand now. My nickname is Lucy. Mm -hmm. And that comes from Peanuts from Charlie Brown's Lucy, which her <laughs> name is Lucy Van Pelt. Let me say that. She wears a blue dress. Blue is my favorite color. She has a little streak in her. I don't think I'm mean. <laughs> I think we all, I think we all ha can have our moments, but that is not where that came from. Uh, mm -hmm. I used to work for Nike and there was a group of us who used to go to lunch together and we went by the Peanuts gang and everybody got a Peanuts name. Okay. And Lucy stuck. I got Lucy and it stuck. And so that group and one young lady who um used to sing with me called me Lucy and it just, it never went away. And mm -hmm. so I, a lot of people may know I, um, help people find jobs that had been my thing for a very mm -hmm. long time and it still is yeah. and I would do e-blasts I would uh, do social not social I would do um email marketing and send like what I tried to make a newsletter but even with um those systems with your uh, MailChimp and constant contact those systems it was still too much there were still too many people to to send that information to so I just created a blog um and so it started out as Lucy's information station the blog and it's just like everywhere I turned um people would ask ask me a question and just say you always have the answer and I would be like well it just sounds too uh I dot idolish <laughs> like idolatry to me I was like, oh my god I don't have all the answers to everything but um I will say that as a believer, I was, I wanted God to show me what, what is this where, mm -hmm. um, I can find, I can find out things for people. Like I know how to get them connected. Mm -hmm. 
And I read a devotional a few weeks after that. But when I saw it that morning, I immediately knew it was my answer. And I think I still have it saved in my email. And it might've been from like 2009. It's been a long time ago. But the name of the email was the net the network anointing or anointing the network, something like that. But the man, it was a guy who was telling a story about his wife. And he said that his wife, she wasn't good at everything. She didn't know how to do everything, but she could connect you with whatever you needed. And I was like, that is it. That's, that is it. It's the, whatever that was called, network anointing, the connector. And I had one young lady who used to work with me and she, you know, she put me to the side one day, totally not related to this email, but she's called, she called me a connector ever since. And so then I started making all my social media handles, the connector 901. And um, a couple of people called, called it either information station or something else. They were very related, but I'd heard it more than once from different people. And I said, okay, I think this is what I should call it. You know, connecting, I'm a connector. That is my thing. Mm -hmm. So everything kind of falls under Lucy's information station. All the tech stuff that I'm giving out, um, of course, I work with those respective organizations, but just when I'm giving out information, even as a even as a remote online notary, there is a tech aspect to everything. Oh, yes. And so even as a notary public, most people think traditional uh, wet signature and stamp, which is absolutely still, um, if most people probably would say, kind of the best way to go, but Remote online notarization is legal in 42 states. Mm -hmm. And um, now it's a preference of the receiver if they want to do a digital, you know, stamp and signature, but it's legal. Um, yeah. And I was able to just fuse or marry uh, just a side gig from years ago. I think I became a notary in 2012. This is 20, almost 24. So somewhere around 2012 or somewhere up in there. Um and my love for technology and just my side gig, I was able to marry them together the year of the pandemic. So in 2020 or maybe 2021, I was one of those people who was considered essential. One of the, one of maybe 10 people who, who uh, had to go to work in that big old building down there at St. Jude. And I was just thinking about something extra that I could do, uh, extra income. And I looked it up and it's a totally, it's a separate application. You have to do something separate in addition to just a regular notary commission. But that was just another way I put all of that together. And I even named that business, the networking notary. Yeah. And so it all just kind of falls under, you know, just hope my whole Lucy umbrella. It's a whole connecting thing. So I love it. I love it. I'm still learning. Stuff keeps popping up. <laughs> I know. I know. But I think it's cool. And I look at, you know, all that you're doing is just like the perfect setting, you know, as a mentor for people who are looking yeah. to get into tech and all these different things. So you know, who mentors you? Oh, well, there's a young lady named Kimberly Bailey. Oh my God. <laughs> Leaned in. This was I not her. Her face and she really <laughs> thought I was about to say something. <laughs> Kimberly <laughs> Bailey mentors me, people. Uh, sometimes mentorship is, sometimes it is direct conversation. It is intentional. Kim is very intentional. And very direct. And then sometimes it's just a look here or there, or it is a text or it is an email to say, hey, I think you should try this. Or, hey, I think you should do this. Well, let me walk you through this. Or come on my podcast. And so she has been all of those things. When when we do enrichment activities for Black Girls Code, uh, Kim has come and spoken on panels, 
um, just anything that I've needed, she has mentored me. Um, I have a lot of people mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to think <laughs> of who I will just, um, you have so many people. I do. Um, and, oh, so I call her my mama. She, mm -hmm. uh, her name is Alicia Kiner. She's also Adele. So let me just throw that in there. But she, but she's a, she's a district leader. She's a a district leader for Shelby County Schools, and she was my cheer sponsor in high school when I was in high school. So I say this jokingly, but I probably did, and it's too late. You can't come get me now. But I was forging her signature when I was fifteen, and <laughs> now I'm in my forties. And yeah, so she is a. Uh, I don't know what I would call her, even a mentor. She practically half raised me with my mama mm -hmm. from a teenager all the way into my adult life. She was my boss at the time when I was an educator. And I remember I, I really do live for her approval. Um, and I mean that in a good way. And mm -hmm. so it took a lot for me to be able to go to her and say, listen, I'm ready to go into like into tech, not skirt around it, not just have this um these extra duties because mm -hmm. I'm still a teacher, I'm still a licensed and I'm still a licensed educator now. I'm ready to do this. And I went to her and I said, I want you to know I'm applying. And some it's going to be outside of, of Shelby County Schools. And I just want to make sure you're okay with it. Because there are a few of us who uh quite a few of us, one, two, three, maybe seven or eight of us who were her cheerleaders back in high school in the 90s. And a lot of us went into education. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us went into Delta um, and a lot of us moved into leadership. And so there were three of us at the school. Two of them are still there. And I told her, I said, I just want to make sure, you know, you're not going to disown me. I probably didn't say that, but something of the sorts. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, I never expected you to stay here. Mm -hmm. She said, out of all of my children, um, you are the one that should be out connecting. And she mm -hmm. said, that's not how you pay me back. You pay me back by being exactly who you are called to be. I need you to be my eyes and ears and get those opportunities for the underdog, you know, exactly. for the children that we are serving, go out there, bring them back to us. They still, they still have me on their work list. <laughs> so Delta Tyra Harris and, and Booker T. Washington High School, I still work for them. So I say, um, but she has been a huge mentor, if yeah. not the biggest you know, I can, I can name a whole lot of people, right? I can name preachers. I can name the deltas that you and I see all the time, mm -hmm. you know, day in and day out. Um, but you know, there's always just a group of people. Mm -hmm. My daddy is a big, uh, uh, push as well. And my brother, I'm mm -hmm. gonna, I never, I talk about him because I'm so proud of him. He completed a degree in computer engineering some years ago and didn't quite go into that. He actually went into logistics. So I guess it's still STEM related, but he's one of those who watches, he's six years younger than I am, but he watches from the background. And I'd yeah. always called him a human cheat sheet, but but he would be the one um, who would see me posted on Tech One's website or on mm -hmm. somebody's social media. And then he would shoot it, you know, shoot a text message to me and my mama and my sister or somebody. And he'll say, hey, to see us over here, she's on this website and she's doing this. And I'll be like, where did he find that? Right. Um, but he would make a comment, you know, she raises the bar. And I'm thinking, what? 
this is my brother who I probably Not used that. to torture when we were kids and he's talking yeah. about raising the bar. So he actually, you know, is proud of me. That's great. But, um, but even as a, as my younger brother, I, uh, I look up to him because yeah. he actually did it. We both, uh, my mom was a single parent. And so everybody got their degree. We just kind of pushed through and everybody ended up being, you know, techies in their, in their own right. Um, but I don't know if he knows that he, I consider him a mentor and that he is, is my younger brother. Yeah. Cause I have to call him for answers and just ask, what do you think? Do you think I should do this? And you know, you know, we have a younger sister. And so every, you know, that first child syndrome, middle child, yeah, last child syndrome, everybody. And it's so funny. Those things are all true. Yeah. And so normally, you know, when you have to, when I, and I'm the oldest, he's the middle kid. And he will tell me, no, you should do this, this, and this. And, you know, I don't care, but you should do this. And he's always right. I so. love it. I love <laughs> it. Because I think, you know, from your journey, it sounds, you know, you definitely do have the answer. You definitely do connect. You definitely have figured it out. But it's also good to know that you also have people that you kind of lean on and look towards, oh, yeah. kind of help keep you going. Yeah. And um, as we pivot into this, um, segment it's called forward ever backward never and so it's a it was my church model growing up as a kid okay and so I try to look at life in that way I try to always look forward and whatever's behind me I try to learn from it and move you know forward on from it so right now considering this amazing career that you have literally put together through volunteerism and and beyond, what would be your forward ever right now? What you're looking forward to? Okay, well, I'm I am, and I don't mean for this to be tech related, so it might not be, but it probably is. But I believe it or not, I think most people will. I have uh, doubted myself for a very long time, where mm -hmm. I have not ever been comfortable with the possibilities. Okay. For me, mm -hmm. um, I do the work and I've been on big stages and it does not matter. Uh, I still have not ever been as comfortable as I am now yeah. with the possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, we call it imposter syndrome, but I am, I am looking forward to, hear me clear. I am looking forward to um, having more courage and, and believing in myself just okay. being open to what comes up. Uh, there was a recent opportunity to come up and somebody told me, go for it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know if that's going to work. It was immediate self-doubt, but took about a month, which is probably the shortest time it has ever taken <laughs> to convince me of some stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm actually, um, this sounds so elementary, but you just be surprised how many people probably still struggle with this in our 30s, 40s, and 50s, where I, you know, you could you can be a pretty big deal. You it's okay to consider yourself worthy of opportunities that come along. And even if you don't get them, it's okay to, you know, be open to the possibilities. I have stumbled across a lot of this. Like a lot of this has happened. I say by chance, of course, I don't, you know, I'm not too big on coincidences, but, you know, it's okay to be intentional. I am looking forward to being intentional for to see you. Very good. So, yeah. I like just, 
yeah being intentional for it to see you okay um, yeah all right okay so backward never what is it that you just wouldn't do again oh <laughs> you know you have to be careful about that question <laughs> because you know all the stuff that you have done that you say you would never do again those are where you're probably your biggest um lessons yes have come from um oh my goodness i would not have started my family so early i started okay. the family very early uh, okay. i started having babies early um and i love my children of course you do i only have two but i did i started early early which is why i have a heart for the teen girl and and yes making sure she stays on the right track and mm -hmm. and and you can still make it i'm doing mm -hmm. very well after uh struggling as uh a teen parent yes um but if it can be helped mm -hmm. uh i would i would study more i would focus uh, just a little bit more mm -hmm. been exposed to a little bit more before mm -hmm. because i did i had to do school part-time until I got done. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, it was a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Um, being a teen parent. But I would, I would just, I'd never do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it has, but it listen, it has birthed that particular love for for teen girls and just, I don't know. That's where my heart is. I got some more stuff I want to do yeah. in the future that I'm probably going to now do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just and being able to be relatable and mm -hmm. identify with what's going on in their lives around that time and being able to be candid and real, yeah. you know, if something happens just in case, and it could be anything. I mean, not just necessarily pregnancy, but, I, you know, teenage, teen, those teen years are the most brutal exactly. uh, they can be. And just being able to give some real stories uh, mm -hmm. about whatever it is, divorce or divorced parents or teen Teen pregnancy, mm -hmm. or you you just name it. Um, yeah, I, I likely have a story for it. So, um, I would just uh grow up later. Yeah, um, grow up when I was supposed to grow up instead of having to grow up just a little bit early, just a little bit. That's so funny. I think we <laughs> all have those things that we look back on, and you know, tons of things. I feel like, yeah, I don't think I'd do that again. Yeah, uh, even professionally, I say that right. But, you know, we as believers know that we plan and God laughs. He and, sure does. Um, we don't ever know what he may um, have for us. We just feel like sometimes we may have bitten the bite of a sour apple and we say, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that that's not where you belong. Correct. Right? That's right. You know, it that's could be just steering you in a, a different direction. So. I can appreciate the candid forward evers and backward nevers. Mine changes weekly. Sometimes <laughs> different things I want to do, they're tangible. Sometimes they're just, you know, for personal growth, professional growth. Yeah. But I definitely think that we all have um, an amazing story that has made us who we are today. Yeah. And um, without all of those things, um, we just wouldn't be who we are. That's true. And, um, and I, I think it's amazing that you have some, you know, great mentors, but I also love your journey and I like hearing your story because it's also encouraging to me. Uh, I am the introvert one who yes. just likes to ride in the background and just, 
you know, do what you asked me to do and move on. And I think just your enthusiasm for this particular field, which I love as well, is so refreshing. I yeah. think anyone listening to this will get out of it that, you know, they can get energized yeah. in a different path and be a real contributor to this field. And I think that's why people now will be able to see when I think about tech and I think about Memphis, I think about to see a Marshall because yeah. you do so many amazing things in tech and you do it with intentionality and you do it with such love and enthusiasm that I think that we need that um, in yes. this um, in this space. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining me for some tech tea with Kimberly today. Any yeah. last words for those listening? Let us know how to stay in touch with you, how to just, you know, Keep finding out what's on the information uh, station. <laughs> well, that's that's the website, lucesinformationstation.com. And um, my social media handle everywhere is the connector901. Mm -hmm. um, and then Facebook, of course, I'm just my name to see a Garrett Marshall. And it's going to be in those places, mm -hmm. either lucesinformationstation.com on the podcast, which that's the name of the podcast, Lucy's Information Station, the podcast. And it's on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify. Mm -hmm. um and yeah the connector 901 on all of my social media that's where the stuff is going to be you that is how out. we keep up with Cecilia, everybody that yes. is the way if you're looking for a job if you're looking for a volunteer opportunity check out lucy's information station you would be glad that you did thank you Cecilia. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you joining me today. This is amazing. I have learned a lot from you. And um, I want everybody to go out and make volunteering just a part of your path in order to grow your tech career. And yes. if you need any information on doing that, we will definitely reach out to your network. And in the meantime, if you're just trying to figure it out, no matter what happens in life, always keep it Kim. That means keep it moving.